0: Time, so look, heart and soul. Um, my prayer is that if you're on YouTube or on Facebook, and you we're understanding that we're having some sound challenge, and so my prayer is that you can hurry right over to meet us on Zoom, and that our. Um, are folks who are greeting you and supporting you online are giving you the link to just make it easy for all of that to happen. So please accept my apologies. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing because if you're there on YouTube and f- experiencing on Facebook and in fact sound isn't working, you don't hear this till later. But ideally, what I know is that There is a divine presence, for sure, that is surrounding and enfolding us. And so just in the energetic presence, there's a way that you're going to be made aware. There's a way that you will realize that you're being held. I'm going to invite you to trust the process. You know, this is the summer of trust. Can I just say that? And those, uh, some of us, are a little slow on the uptake, and so we're we're having our experience, and um, but we're going we're gonna let go, and we're gonna trust ever more fully, and get with the program. But my prayer is that uh, those of you that can and are willing will be with us on Zoom, and the rest will catch it later in the replay, and uh, when we posted in a way. I just know it's all going to work out. That's, that's what I'm declaring. Even if it's not until the recap comes out, what I know is that none of us is ever just left without a resource, period. So that's the level at which I am trusting. So this is further evidence, if anybody was looking for any, that we are in faith. Or here, one virtual service without sufficient sound in those places where it would be required, and we are doing our best to prepare ourselves for opening the center when it feels safe. So let me just say this about that: we have we had thought that today would be, or certainly by next week, and it just does not make that. It D- doesn't make any sense. There's a huge question mark in the universe. Um, at the moment they require, you know, mask indoors and there are those countries and organizations that are requiring only vaccinated persons can be and do and have. And we're not there, but that has got to be a clue. Somebody has got to be paying attention in a way and knowing kind of the natural order of things. So this is not the time that we are going to expand and include more people in person when everything is saying that's not in our best interest. That's not in the best interest for health and well-being, and so we're not going to do it. So at the very earliest, we'll be looking at September, and if not September, then we'll look at October. And if it's not October, we are hoping that we will have an anniversary celebration. But if not, we'll be looking at the holidays. We're going, and if not the holidays, we're going to be looking at the next year, and we're just going to be all ready for 2022. I'm hoping you're understanding that we's going with the flow. And so we're going to trust the process and know that all is unfolding in perfect order, and we cannot mess this up. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be disappointed. But disappointment is not a spiritual principle. So we're not going to alter the plans based on disappointment. You know, because we're all feeling it. We all now have have at least a master's level in disappointment in twenty from 2020 to 2021 and moving very close to uh, 2022. So we have all done the entire spectrum, I'm sure, by now of disappointment. And if you haven't, then buckle your seatbelt. Because my sense is that we are required to move through this on our adventure in faith into the year 2022. So that's just my view. But for today, I am, I'm still working with the blind. I'm still working. I'm going to expand from John 9, but I, I still am, I guess it's because in my own life, I am seeing my blindness, not by diagnosis, but by behavior. And so You know, I'm guided by that, and I'm also, even right now, I'm simultaneously praying that that don't mean I have to share it publicly on mic. I can just acknowledge that that's what's going on in my life in a big way. I am seeing the blind man in me, that energetic, that resistance, that unwillingness to see. So look, let's let's get started with this then, because the very first thing I want to bring you is uh, Ernest Holmes from his seminal work, The Science of Mind. And he says, it's not so much what you say, but the mental attitude you have when you say it that counts. So You know, we pay attention to the language and the words, but what's most important is the energy. And it's the level of, see, because the energetic of what you're saying has everything to do with the degree to which you believe it. Does that make sense? Y'all following this? Okay. He says that believe and you'll be made whole. The key to this is your thought is the degree to which you believe and what we're called to believe always in all circumstances. And in fact, this could be our shortcut prayer. Perfect God, perfect man, meaning humanity, perfect humanity, perfect being. And for the one who's willing to know that and feel it with every fiber of their being, that one is unlocking That one is unlocking the divine outcome desired because to the extent that one believes that and is set in that and sees that in everything, that one conforms all statements, all other living, all other thoughts and ideas to this proposition. Perfect God, perfect spirit, perfect source, Perfect humanity and perfect being, yes? All right, so that's what Ernest Holmes is saying about this. Look, because I wanted to talk to you some more, you know, about this this notion, this experience, this condition of blindness, I thought it wise that we We define a little more clearly what blind is, and so the Greek word for it is tuflos, and it means when you talk about blind in scripture, it's opaque, it's smoky, it's, it's obscure. So it's not necessarily meaning having no physical sight whatsoever. It's not seeing what needs to be seen, what's essential for seeing and knowing clearly. It's about a level of clarity. It's essentially being mentally blind. Now, look, I am not saying, I don't know whether the man was 100% blind and the degree to which, I don't even understand the 2020 numbers and when you're not 2020, what you have and what's top number, what's the bottom number and no offense, but I don't care. <laughs> what I know in this particular case is what we're establishing is that There are folks throughout all of the Scriptures who don't see what needs to be seen, who are going by what was written or what they thought it meant, and we don't have to go back to scriptural time. We don't have to go back before. We don't have to go back to the old. We don't have to go back nowhere. You don't have to go back to next week. You can start, last week rather, you can start from right where you are right now with an intention to see more clearly and live as if you see what's what. To know what time it is on the planet and then to act like you know what time it is. Something that I noticed in my preparation for bringing you Matthew and Mark, those scriptures where there are more blind men being healed by the master teacher, Yeshua, that the world ultimately came to call Jesus, is I noticed that, and I just want to tag here quickly and try to move on. We go see how that works. So in John 9, in that very first, the very first verse um, says, and as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, I hadn't noticed that that first verse, and I'm not giving you all that right now. I'm just reminding you because I really want to get to the rest of this. I'm just reminding you that the first verse said that because this notion of as he passed by, I think is essential. Because wherever this was happening, the master teacher was not hanging out there. And you know that... What is happening can only happen in those places where it can happen. Pardon me. There has to be an energetic presence, a consciousness, and because everything is energy, the locations in Scripture are energetic presence. They are symbolic of a certain energy. That's how they got to be called that, is because they had a certain energetic vibration, So where this is happening is the place where that can happen. There's some places. Now, y'all's mamas and families and big mamas and such tried to tell you long time ago that you didn't handle business there. Had you not been there, that could not have happened. And this is what's happening here as well. The things that are happening can only happen in that way under those circumstances. When you begin to change the circumstance, well, not the circumstance, but you change the consciousness, the circumstance shifts, and that can no longer be the case. That's what we teach and endeavor to practice. And so we see it here in Scripture. So, so here's the thing. I want to cut to... to uh, For last week, I guess in the week before, I was really kind of focused on that beginning of the scripture, I guess verses one through seven or so. But now I want to pick up um, from verse H, which, H, from verse eight, where um, he now has sight. So remember, we were moving through the. the map of consciousness so that we could begin to see how we could predict the change, that this is not like magic. Once, once he begins to cooperate with universal law, the, his experience begins to change. So now he can see, and the people in the village are like, you must not be that same guy. You look like him, but you can't be the same because how could it be that different? Because for the entire time that we have seen you, known of you, you were blind. Now, I should make note that there are also, um, just like now, just like now, you see um, those individuals who uh, have been caught, pardon me, on social media who are begging and um, and declaring themselves to be um, uh, differently abled or or um, not having any financial resources. And we've seen the video where somebody has then followed them and they get in a new van and they go to a place and all of that. Well, this is not new. What's new is social media and little smartphone where you could capture it. That's the new part. So we know that even then there were those people who were, Um, believed to be blind, but then something happened and they realized they weren't as blind as we thought they were, and yet they were supporting themselves off of asking for help from others. And so that has, I want to say always been, I don't know always, but that certainly is present then, and we know that it's present now as well. And so, when the man recalls, and I think this is very interesting. Oh my goodness! I hate to take this other little step aside, but I just have to say, y'all know that our scripture is not like a blow-by-blow blow report. Was well, nobody there? I mean, I mean, all the people who were there were not involved in the writing of it. And even if they were, they were not there when it was published. And there were those individuals who convened to decide what are we going to tell them? What are we going to put in this book? There are a number of stories that come from different times written by different people for different reasons, and we're going to put it together for a very specific reason because nothing gets published accidentally by the time you see it. And pull it off a shelf. Somebody has gone through it to decide that that's what you're going to get to see. And it may or may not be what happened. Let me just say I don't care whether it happened. Because the symbolism gives me access to the truth, to the principle. And that's what I'm working with. Yes? Okay. So he, when he retells the story, I'm like, pay attention to that. Because you've already been told a story. You don't really need to be told again exactly how it happened unless you do. So there's a reason that the man now gets to recount it and the writer didn't just say, and he told him what happened. Because right there a few lines up, you know what happened. Am I making sense? So it's really trying to drill into you What happened? He told him that, that, uh, that, that the master teacher made clay and he anointed it on the eyes and then he told me to go wash and he said where to wash. And so I went away and I washed and I received sight. It is recounting it so you know his transformation and his awareness that he was transformed. Because everybody doesn't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? You go through the process, but you doubt that the change has happened. So we need His word on record that the transfer. Here's how it happened. They say, "How did it happen?" Well, He didn't say, "Oh no." You know, I was blind. I couldn't see what He did. You, you, we get to recall it. So that we can hear him say his own affirmation, his affirmation and confirmation of the change and the power in the outcome, of the, the power of whatever steps were taken that they worked. See, that could have gone a number of different ways in terms of just the writing of it. The story would be the same, you know, at the core of it. But this detail is important for us. Don't miss the fact that it's written for you to know that he knew he was transformed. I need us to know something. What is it that we say in our our devotional time? I am that I have been. I am that I am, and I will be what I will be. It's that same idea of a self-awareness of how life gets to be the way it is, especially when we have a vision and intention for ourselves. So look, I want to move now to, uh, to Mark 9, where, <clears throat> um, where we have uh, the master teacher who came to uh, Bethsaida, and, he, and somebody brought, they brought a blind man to the master teacher, and they were begging the master teacher to touch him. Just because what, he has a reputation at this point. You don't just walk, walk around and ask people, touch him because he's blind. You, you know, there's a, he has a reputation of healing, of transforming. Oh, there's so many things in that so many things in that. It's like, pay attention. My mother would say, to which side of your bread is buttered? Pay attention to how it's working. When you're there, how do you feel there? When you're with them, how how does that feel? What's that energetic? Does that expand your life? Does that expand your energy or does it contract your energy and your, your, your sense of who you are and whose you are, et cetera? Yes? Okay. So it's looking at all of that. So the master teacher grasps the hand. This is the way the story is written. Now, in this version, let's just be clear. In this particular version, and I think this is the Peshitta, I think it is. I'm sorry I didn't note it, but I'm believing it is because that's where I I like to play the most. Um, It says that the master teacher grasped the hand of the blind man and took him outside the town. You see, because look at here. I need you to know that Bethesda very specifically, means a consciousness of increased ideas. So they're playing at at a particular place. You can always map this in consciousness. They're playing not as victims, but from that place of dominion where we're doing the thing. We can do it. We got some power. We're going to work it out. But that's not the highest place on the scale. But they, but they are in a place. But but the master teacher recognizes we can't do this work we got to do from this quadrant. So I'ma come on. You're gonna have to go with me. You gonna come on? We're gonna have to step outside of this energetic field in order to do this that must be done for you. You cannot do everything you want to do anywhere. I see you crying sometimes, but no, cut it out. So look, he's taken the man outside the city, right outside. And once he got out there, he spat in his eyes. Now this is very common for for in the in the um, in northern Africa, now known as the Middle East. Um, That is a very common experience for those individuals and their largely if not wholly men holy h w h holy men who part of what they do their healing power is in the spittle in part I I don't know that that but that's what they do so what's the disease part and they spit on it. And so that's very common. But look, he wasn't one of those. He was not established. He didn't have his card. He wasn't part of that union. None of that. You understand what I'm saying? So it would not have been appropriate for him to do that. So there was, see. Okay. All right. So look at here. Also, this notion of this city, just the name itself, metaphysically, represents the state of mind that has a limited amount of truth. <laughs> ah! And believes that portion to be the full measure. See, I hadn't done that already. That's that part of our consciousness. I already know that. Really, aren't you the one with the... <laughs> See, when the one comes asking, and they know more than the one they're asking. See, it's that kind of consciousness. So he's like, you have to come out of here. We're going to have to go to another little, another little energetic field where we can do what must be done. Oh, y'all. So after he, after he spits in his eyes and, and lays his hand on him, he asks him, what do you see? And he said, well, I see, looks like trees are walking. You know, so he had some vision, but he laid his hands on his eyes again, and he was healed. But all of this has to happen outside of that field where you already know all you need to know. Because there's something that cannot happen in that energetic. Because it's outside the field of your possibility thinking. Oh, y'all, come on. This spiritual blindness that we have is, um, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. And, and um, Rocco Errico offers that many of the religious authorities were spiritually blind, that their error was great because they could see and they could read and they studied, but they still didn't know. They were still in a consciousness of that ain't possible. Oh, we see it today. We know what it is. So look, I've come today to say we're going to have to trust love. And I say love very specifically because there's no risk in trusting love. See, I have a list in my own mind about what you ought to be trusting. But some of it you take issue with, umbrage with. So I'm going to just say, trust love. Trust love. And that's the song I want you to hear now.
1: Is everywhere that we are here to be the perfect givers of love and receivers of love, and love will have the final word. Trust in love. Trust. In love. Receivers of love and love will have the final word. No one ever loses when one trusts love, for love is something that. sees the truth beyond, the appearance that we show, and love judges not, and love renews, yes, love renews, love is a healer, oh yes it is, love loves to love, love loves so So try should be
0: Blessing. Thank you, Takia. Love will have the final word. But if you're following along, the ones who get to experience that are the ones who trust in it. See, you could be sitting next to, in the room with, have gone to school with, have grown up with, be married to, all of the connection possibilities with someone who does not trust love, and you trust love, y'all gonna have a different experience of life. Even as you walk what appears to be the same path, on the same journey, juntos, just together, the idea would be that because of your consciousness, because of their consciousness, you're having different experiences. You're bringing, you're, you are bringing something different and you are extracting something different. That is to say you're understanding and experiencing something different. I hope this is making sense. Because this, oh, come on now, look. Look here. The, uh, Dr. Joseph Murphy, who wrote The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, writes this. He says that a, Classic instance of Bible technique is recorded in Matthew 9 28 through 30 ish. And when, and this is what it says, and when he was come into the house, this is the master teacher Yeshua, and when he was come into the house, now remember what we just went through. This is an important note. And when he was come into the house, that means house is always consciousness. So when he was in a certain consciousness, not the whole time, but when he was in this specific consciousness, in this house, in this quadrant, y'all understanding how this thing works? Look at here. That's when the blind men came. And this is multiple. That's when the blind men came. And what the master teacher asked is, believe ye that I am able to do this. Now, Because can you imagine that the answer might have been, well, not, not really, but Valerie said you probably could. Makeda, I think, Had you, didn't you do something with Makeda once? You know, just, you see what I'm saying? If, but instead their response was definitive. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Absolutely. I believe that you can absolutely do this. Am I, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Because what? It's going to be done unto you as you are believing. So if you're not believing this, this is a waste of everybody's time. But if you are believing it, then something else can happen. Dr. Joseph Murphy goes on to say, in the words, according to your faith be it unto you, you can see that he was Actually, appealing to their cooperation that we're in this together, you see. So, so we move from that quadrant that we just talked about where we got this, I got this, I already know, I'm already doing it to working together. So, it's through you, you see. So, it's through you. We, if you believe. Something can happen through you, and that's where we are in this, in this experience. He says, the cooperation of the subconscious mind of the blind men themselves. Look, the master teacher's teaching, life teaching, is often synthesized to faith-believing. And so we know that he put great store in others' faith, the centurion—you know—all of those stories have to do with faith, because even in feeding the multiple, the multitudes, they didn't have to wrestle at fish and loaves from the little boy. You know, I'm just trying to make this plain sometimes that we can see the presence of the ease, of the belief, of the trust, of the faith, of folks who are believing, and that's what adds the ease to it, where he says, go do this, and off they go. But that's not necessarily true every time somebody tells them something. There's something else that's happening in this, and that's what I want us to note. that, that, well, frankly, all healers, are reliant on faith. So, in this case, the blind men, their faith was their great expectancy, is what Dr. Murphy says. He says that their inner feeling, their inner conviction, that something miraculous would happen and that their prayer would be answered. And sure enough, sure enough it was. Yes, so the world, <laughs> the world, is full of folks who are who are blind. In my own life, there is that blindness. I am right here standing before you right now, sniffling and carrying on, acting like I didn't know some years ago that gluten was not my friend. But apparently, I decided that i could do what i wanted to do in any given moment and that the the <coughs> the alchemy of my diet would not impact my life i don't know what I, I was obviously blind and this is what i'm wanting us to see that it's not about could i not see the label it was that i acted could I lived in those moments just like I did not know. But I must live the consequences from what I do know. Do you see the challenge here with being blind and sighted? So the idea is that the world is full of people who at any given time are are in a blind, beggarly state. You know, were we just pitiful? Because you should have seen me a couple of days ago. And then, like, that wasn't good enough for me because I got better. And I was like, oh, that was close. And then I had a hush puppy. (laughs) Well, more. I'm going to tell it. I may as well tell the truth because I thought one hush puppy, that would have been, that might have, I don't know what that would have been because we didn't do that. The idea is when we're in this state, it's we're in that wait for somebody to help us, wait for something to happen even though we are doing what is going to put us here. And then we instead we just like, who go, let's go, how's it going? Well, I got a whole little, little set of baggy things over there that I'm working through so I can speak. Knowing this is what I do every week, I'm acting a fool during the week like I can do that and this. I'm so glad that forgiveness (laughs) is a real thing. Oh, Lord. So look, the truth is. that I am a powerful manifester and producer. And simultaneously, the truth is, I also can act blind. And can... So choice, conscious, intentional choice, this is not, we're not talking about people whose lives, see, even, this is what I want you to see, even when we're playing in scripture, this is why it was so important to talk about the first that man in John 9 about having been born blind because that's not necessarily the case. It could be blind like me just for a week or a few more days in that. Refusing to see and live by what we know. You know, I'm teaching this, um, change your thinking, change your life. For me. Y'all can come if you want. (laughs) But I need to tell y'all the truth, that it's just time. It's just time. Now, so it's not that it's a new course, so it's not a course I've ever taken or taught before. But as I read it, I thought, oh, baby, you need this. You may, you may as well just do it out loud. You know what I mean? Just include some other people in the process and just offer the course on behalf of heart and soul because I'm doing it no matter what. Because it's just that time on my planet, on my planet to let go of the blindness. Now, Look, Ernest Holmes, we open, we're going to close with him. Ernest Holmes says, think about what, you know, that blindness everywhere, always present. Ernest Holmes says, the world is looted, blind, and shackled. And by what? His own acceptance of negative thought. It, meaning the world, those of us in the world, lie bound in, change, in chains by our own, of our own forging. So the, the chains on us are the chains that we have made, our own forging. Mind, which is our greatest gift has been made our jailer. And then we whimper in misery, he says, entirely of our own creation. And then he says in bold, bondage exists nowhere in the universe except in the mind of humanity, and freedom is ours at the precise moment that we recognize our liberty and we step forward as a free person. We see that with the blind man in every case, that there's a moment where they must do something. They must believe, they got to go wash, they got to tell something, they've got to not tell, whatever it is, there's something that's incumbent on us. On humanity for the shift, he says it's as though humanity has been incarcerated in a cell for 40 years. Don't you love that? That's a couple of generations. You know, the Hebrew children wandered in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years, two generations. So it's just like we've been incarcerated in a cell for two generations, which means you don't no longer remember the real story. There's no way you got the story clear after 40 years of it because now it's, it's, it's morphed into whatever it is that you're going to use to hold you there. So he says that even though the door has now been left unlocked, that because we've been there, hear me say, for two generations, that we're not even going to move in the direction of freedom because we're so set. I love the way he's describing our circumstance and the fact that we're at choice in this, that we're choosing. Say, "Mm, you going to spit on my eye, though? I'd really like to see, but you don't have to spit, do you? You you see how we are. And not, mm, y'all, you don't need, yeah, so. The door. That door which is open, but we aren't believing it or testing it or engaging it, that door which has held our mentality in prison for all of these years is at this very moment open, and we are each and every one of us free to claim all the liberty that we have been dreaming of, praying for, envisioning for ourselves. But here's the thing. Each one of us, each the individual must make the move for him and herself and their self. No one else can do it for you. And for some of us, that's bad news. We're like, what? I'm going to what? Why I have to do it. I thought I could just be part of the group where it's being done. Now, let me just go on record and say that often helps because that's better than being part of the group that isn't going to do it. <laughs> but it's not enough for you to cross over for show. You're going to have to bring it. But hanging out in the group that is, it's more likely you will shift in ways that are required for you. No one else can grow you. You must, each of us, must grow Ourselves, that's Ernest Holmes. So, and he's saying that if, if ever a change is going to come, if ever a change is going to come, it starts with you. You are required for the change in your life. I'm going to pour into it. I'm going to show up. You know, I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be teaching the class. I'm going to be. Uh, Producing the summer school, I'm going to be, you know what I mean? I'm committed. It's my life's calling. I'm going to show up and do this, but then that's not going to be enough. Oh, if only. If only. But it isn't. So each one of us is going to have to do, if ever a change is going to come, it starts with you. Branis McKenzie wrote a song about it. Here it goes.
2: If ever a change is gonna come, it starts with me. When all of my ducks are in a row, it allows me to see. I know whatever I need is there, just wait. and start right now creating whatever I see. It's time for transformation to heal my private nation. Whatever I can be, all I need to do is see. that spirit brings upon me i'm ready to start i know whatever i need is there just waiting for me to step in and start right now creating whatever i see it's time transformation to heal our thirsting nations whatever we can be all we need to do is see it's time for transformation to heal my private nation whatever see it's time for transformation go wherever you're led to go do whatever To be have faith you'll become the real you it's time for transformation let's heal the thirsty nations whatever we can be all we need to do is see it's time transformation to heal my private nation whatever we can be all we need to do is see it's time for transformation Ooh.
3: thank you so much to our beloved Branis Mackenzie, and tammy l hall indeed it is time for transformation and we are so grateful for the way in which you support heart and soul center of light in our mission to contribute to the transformation of the entire world creating a world that works for everyone. This is our time for gracious giving to make that mission possible. And so we ask that you give generously and you can give in many ways at Heart and Soul Center of Light. You can send a check to 5627 Telegraph Avenue number 405 Oakland, California 94609. You can also give online at our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash Give and while you're on our website you might want to set up recurrent giving so that your gift can give Automatically in the interval and in the amount that you deem fit and necessary Last but not least my favorite way of giving is to use my Smartphone in which I just text the word give to five ten five hundred fifty eight forty nine Whatever method you use to give It's also important that we maintain the proper consciousness in our giving, blessing our good, thereby establishing the good that our gift is expected to do in the world. So wherever you are in the world right now, just take your gift in hand and place it right over your heart and let us say our blessing together. I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good infinite prosperity circulates through me through my church and throughout the world because i know god as source and so it is
4: trust and open your eyes. lives seem to take a brand new start, when you trust, when you believe, get ready for the good things you will receive, let the power in you tell you just what to do. Let's go.
0: Y'all know that this is really what today has been about, what this summer is about, life requires of us. So I want to remind you that uh, I spoke to, during my, my message, I went to a place about the class that's coming up. Now, it doesn't begin until September 23rd. It's for five Thursdays, and I will facilitate it via Zoom. And look, this course is designed to uncover beliefs and behaviors around relationships, money, and health. The idea is that you learn how to apply science of mind principles, which are universal principles, practices and methods to enhance your life. Now, if that's something that is of interest to you, I suggest you get your little plan together and... All the resources required, there is no, you, because part of what we're going to focus on is discover how to improve in these areas, where necessary, and then grow in areas that are already good. So, it's change your thinking change your life. So beginning September 23rd, five Thursdays through October 21st, there's no textbook that's required. So your only fee, your only financial fee, is $145, and that includes a non-refundable $45 registration fee. And feel free to add a love offering to Prime to Pump. And let me just tell you that that's like a, a an advanced practice. Because if you know your intention coming in and you're like just $45, then don't be blocked by that. Go ahead and give, pay the $145 fee and and then give your love offering, which is indicative of your consciousness and intention for outcome. I'm just revealing to you how to begin to get this thing working in your behalf in a way. So that's what we're going to do. There's no prerequisite because this is this is a one of the this is the foundational level class. All right. So uh, my prayer is that we the registration opens on August 15th. So. Get whatever it is together and be ready. Be about the business and tell whoever you feel like you need to tell and do all of that in all of the ways. But for right now, let us just bring our energy into this present moment. This present moment is fertile. It's the field of infinite possibilities and so right now on behalf of everyone within the sound of my voice and everyone who is invested and willing who believes that a shift is imminent in their life I speak this word in our behalf knowing and knowing that I know that there is one life, that it is the life of the divine, the living one, the strong one, the mighty I am presence. And that this life, this divine and perfect, whole, perfect and complete life is surrounding and enfolding and imbuing absolutely every life all humans, all sentient beings. It is the life of life. And what I know right now is that this life is breathing me right now. That I am literally breathing the breath of the living. And the living one is breathing me. That this is true for all of us. That none of us have have manufactured or created our breath in any way. We don't even know when we are breathing most of the time. This is because the living one, the strong one is breathing us. And we are breathing the breath of the mighty I am. I'm in awe of what this means that I don't have the time or capacity right now to just unpack what that means, that divine recognition of unity, that everything in my life is guarded and guided by the divine. Not just now, but always and in always. And so I simply speak this word. I speak this word declaring that the all and all has it, that essentially God has got this and that and the other thing, whatever the prayer is, whatever the hope is, whatever the heart's desire is, wherever it is in the heart choked back on the throat, on the tip of the tongue, wherever it is, it is done wholly complete in the mind of the divine done blessed beyond human measure that it's literally blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing that none of us can count nor number the blessings in each and every life oh something quite magnificent is happening at the level of health and well-being at the level of relationships healed and transformed at the level of of creative self-expression and prosperity and an abundance of all things good oh I am giving thanks right in the middle not before not waiting until It's accomplished. Not waiting to celebrate after I realize that we got the job or we got the home or we got the relationship or we now have a different diagnosis and prognosis. No, we're not waiting. Right in the middle of the struggle, we're praising. Right in the middle of the struggle, we're declaring the goodness of the divine. Right in the middle of the challenge. We are declaring the goodness that is the mighty I am presence. Realize. Oh, how good and very good it is to know this truth. I am grateful. And so it is an absolute perfect gratitude in a consciousness and an attitude of gratefulness I release this word. I release it into the absolute perfect activity of law that I know is love that is always present and operating in such an energetic vibration that is healing and revealing at the core of everything. The goodness that is source. The I am present. I just let it be. I let it be. I let it be. And I seal it by simply saying, Amen. Ashe. And so it is. Love matters. Thank mm-hmm. you.